This week on Pop Culture Confidential is a television extravaganza. First up, the creators of Amazon's new critically acclaimed series Forever, starring Maya Rudolph and Fred Armisen. Alan Yang and Matt Hubbard are with us. I'm Christina Yearning Biru. Welcome back to the show. So we have a very special week for you here at Pop Culture Confidential. Here on part one, an interview with the creators of the critically acclaimed new series Forever. And then in part two, coming later this week, journalist Alicia Lutz will join us with a recap of the Emmys on Monday, the winners, the surprises, the speeches, and of course, the inevitable disappointments. Plus, we'll have an interview with True Detective director Kerry Fukunaga and The Leftovers' Patrick Somerville. They talk about their much-anticipated new Netflix series, Maniac. That's later this week. But first, Amazon's new series, Forever, is already getting rave reviews right out of the box. It's a comedy, but also quite a serious look at a marriage stuck in a rut. Plus, there's a serious twist in the show that we're not allowed to mention. The series stars the former SNL dream team of Maya Rudolph and Fred Armisen. Now here's a scene with Rudolph and Armisen playing the married couple of June and Oscar, having a, for them, very typical conversation. So, say we weren't in the car, what do you think's the best activity of all time when you have exactly half an hour? Okay, half an hour. How about, Mm -hmm. how about... A bath. Great in theory, terrible in practice. See, because you gotta fill the tub, you gotta adjust the temperature, and then by the time you get in the bath, you got about 10 minutes left of your half hour. A very good point. Mm, I'm sorry about that. Oh, I got it. Massage. It's risky. How come? Because of the masseuse. Uh huh. Might get a talker. Ah. Yeah, you live around here? Oh, no. You want to listen to some music? Ugh. Oh, I love music. Ew! You a music fan? Ugh, go fuck yourself. Yeah. The series is created by another dream team who have pretty much been involved in some of my all-time favorite shows. Alan Yang is the co-creator of Master of None and was a writer-producer on Amy Poehler's Parks and Rec together with Matt Hubbard, who was also a writer on Tina Fey's 30 Rock. Now here's my conversation with Alan and Matt about Forever, their comedy icons, marriage, and that time when Paul Thomas Anderson visited their set. Mr. Alan Yang and Mr. Matt Hubbard, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having us, Christina. Thank you. There are some major spoilers in this show, so I thought maybe it's best that you guys explain the premise to begin with. (laughs) Well, this is a show about a marriage. Maya Rudolph and Fred Armisen play a married couple in Riverside, California named June and Oscar Hoffman. Uh, June is a little bit bored in her marriage, and so she suggests that they take a ski vacation and mix things up. And then I think you should watch the show from there. (laughs) Yes. Bunch of weird shit. We're going to get into some uh, a little teeny bit of the weird shit. But before, I want to say between the two of you guys and the cast and the writers on the show, you guys cover a crazy percentage of the best comedy being made today. I'm curious, what are some of the comedy icons you guys had growing up? Matt? 
I loved watching uh, sitcoms when I was a kid. I remember I would watch The Brady Bunch between 5 and 6 p.m. And then after that, they would air um, reruns of sitcoms. And one that was very um, formative to me was the show Taxi, uh, which was mm. a unbelievably well-written, well-acted ensemble comedy that was very funny at times, but was also very grounded in reality and emotion. And you just sort of believed in sort of who these people were and understood what they were struggling with. Um, and I think even though probably when I was 11, I didn't know it at the time is that I wanted probably to write a show like that. And for me, when I was growing up, the Holy Trinity was probably Seinfeld, The Simpsons, and Saturday Night Live. I would watch those all the time for hours on end, driving my parents crazy. Um, and <laughs> as I got older, uh, I started watching some comedy films from the 70s that were very influential, uh, obviously Woody Allen, but also um, Elaine May, Hal Ashby, um, those, kinds of, those kinds of movies that kind of um, showed kind of a, a deeper way to do comedy. So uh, I think some combination of all of those. You guys seem to both like comedy that, that really gets into the human condition, am I right? Yeah, I think it, comedy works really well when it's based in genuine emotion and, and, and human behavior. You know, obviously there's broad, absurdist comedy, and there's a, there's a, definitely a place for that in the world. But certainly my own sensibility is, is one that is rooted in emotion and, and character dynamics and really uh, ideally an observation of how people behave. That's, that's just something that, inter that interests me. Mm -hmm. Now, you mentioned SNL. You guys have both worked with SNL people multiple times on your show from Tina Fey, to, on your shows from Tina Fey to Amy Poehler and these two. Can you, have you sort of seen how SNL molds people? What makes them good? Oh, I think, you know, to go through, I mean, I've never worked on SNL, but to go through that experience, you have to be so fast, so funny, such an unbelievable hard worker and just so dedicated to your craft that the people who go through that crucible and come out of it and are successful are almost always unbelievably talented and just people you want to be uh, in, the, in a room with. Yeah, because this is a real dream team you have here with Rudolph and, and Armisen. I, I mean, for me, like their Beyonce and Prince on SNL is still like top 10 best SNL skits ever. Um, how This is a bit of a departure for them. Tell me a little bit about how they, it was for them working on this material where they're not sort of in wigs and, and doing crazy stuff. Yeah, well, I hope it was fun for them. You know, they sat down with me uh, earlier last year and we just had a breakfast and a sort of a general meeting just chatting about um, what they wanted to do and, and maybe if we could work together on something and uh, I really came away from that meeting wanting to not only work with them but maybe show a different side of them and I, I feel like um, we kind of wrote more grounded characters more realistic characters as you said very few wigs happening in the show <laughs> very few Beyonce and Prince impersonations although there's a little bit of singing um, but we really felt like they could do it and they had the acting chops and they and, you know, they were kind of due to to, to play uh, some characters that were a little more real. And, um, you know, Fred has this likability that that uh, enabled us to write a character for him that was a little bit stuck in his ways, but you still root for him. And Maya, we felt, like, really had these, these acting chops that would enable us to use her as a sort of audience surrogate and really the emotional core of the show. And, you know, we end a lot of these episodes on Maya's face, and, and we're just relying on her to emote and, you know, obviously she plays Oprah on SNL, but um, we felt like she had this deeper, deeper level to her performances. And, and, and she really came through for us, I think. I also thought it would just be fun if, look, 
Fred and Maya can do literally every anything and everything. And as you say, they can play Prince and Beyonce. And we just thought it would be fun. Is like, what if they were living in a house in Riverside, California, talking about an article about Edie Falco? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, 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 it was almost a test of like, yeah. okay, what if what if we gave them something boring to say, oh, they're so funny doing that? Okay, great. Because <laughs> the thing about Maya Rudolph is you were talking about her face. That's the thing about her face. I mean, she can be disgusted and egotistical, everything. You just see it in her face. Yeah, it really is. Uh, 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 she really is so talented. And, you know, we start episode two uh, just with this really extreme close-up on her face, just this tight lens. And through the course of that scene in the uh, in the electronics store, she has to run a gamut of emotions, and you know we gave she gave us all these levels of crying and you know grief, and some tinged with a little more humor, some just full on sad, and um, you know that we shot that scene pretty early on, and, and we kind of knew at that point, oh, uh, she can kind of do anything we ask her to do, so um, it was really encouraging. Now, this is deep. I mean, lots of stuff on the shows you've done before have, has been about dating and, and, and that sort of more casual part of relationships. I know, um, Alan, when you were doing your press tour for Master of None, you spoke, I was reading a bunch of interviews, and there was a lot of talk about being single and a short time, and, and all of a sudden, bang, you're doing this thing about a marriage in a rut. What happened here? <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't repeat yourself all the time, you know, Christina? Um, one of the things we joked about on Master None is like when they would ask us about a season three, we'd be like, well, how many more stories can we do about Dev dating and eating nice food? Uh, <laughs> so, uh, so it was, it, yeah, I, I felt like um, it was time to take a break from the dating stuff. And fortunately, um, I have a writing partner on the show, Matt Hubbard, who has been married for a long time. And we try to actually hire a lot of writers who are married. So um, we want to draw from that real experience. And, uh, you know, as I've mentioned before, it's um, the idea of being married just for the rest of my living life scares me enough. So um, the idea of it ending past that in some ways is even scarier. So, um, yeah, I felt like it was new, interesting territory to mine in terms of stuff that I've worked on and, and wasn't about, you know, uh, dating apps or whatever. So, Matt, <laughs> have you scared him even more? <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know, I honestly think like probably sometimes when you're not married, you think about it more than when you are. Yeah, you know? I do. I think so, yeah. too. Yeah, because you're like, am I going to do this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stop thinking about it, man. Is that it? <laughs> Scary. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So I think it was actually good to have some people in the room who had been, you know, in long, long term relationships like I have been and, and some who weren't. Um, and we were able to draw a lot from our personal experiences the fight about whether or not you should put your tines up in the dishwasher is an argument <laughs> I had with my wife <laughs> uh, many times. So, you know, look, like for us, this show was about having grounded arguments like that, but then also sucking energy out of living people. <laughs> and if we did, you know, combine those two things in a way that felt real and interesting, then we've, you know, done our job. Did you guys ever see a movie called Force Majeure? No, I haven't seen. I heard things though. Yeah. That movie is also about like a, guy, a bad marriage, and it and it starts with a big avalanche when they're on a ski trip. And after seeing your show, I'm like, I'm never going skiing with my husband. <laughs> it's like <laughs> two movies in a row where skiing vacations apparently, you know, break everything up. 
heard that movie's great. I have not seen it. Stick yeah. to the beach. Just go sit on the beach. Yeah. Nothing can happen there. <laughs> exactly. You should see that. But what is it sort of that you wanted to tell about marriage when you got in, when this, when you guys talked about this premise with um, Maya and Fred? Well, I think that's a big question, but I think sort of once I, once we finished writing this and during the process of writing it, I think what one of the things I eventually concluded is sometimes the concept of marriage, you think it should be about huge things, about finding the person you love and that lo you, know, you should love someone more than you ever have in your life and it should be exciting and every day should be an adventure. I think that can be true for some people, but I think one thing we found in writing this show is that there's strength uh, in the small things. You know, at the end of the day, if you can find someone you can joke around with about how to sit or what's the best thing to do in 30 minutes or what's the best food to eat on a beach and you are happy with that person and they make you laugh uh, and you feel close to them when you're doing that, that's probably uh, a very powerful thing too. You know, I think the character of June wants the big things and then realizes that she sort of has these smaller things that are as valid. And you also have a particularly a very beautiful theme about missing your chance in one of the episodes. Can you talk about that? Uh, yeah, that was one of the things that I, just keeps coming up in, in stuff that, that I'm working on for some reason. But yeah, that theme of regret was really powerful. And, and that, that episode uh, was one we kind of came up with early on that, that felt really interesting and, and like a departure to, to feature these other characters. And, uh, you know, for some reason, I always like to play with the idea of time passing and and one thing about this show is because, you know, they stop aging at a certain point, we could play out a story that takes place over the course of decades in the context of our regular stories. So, um, yeah, that was, to me, a, a, a good use of the premise of the show in, in a way that mirrored the relationship happening uh, in, between our main characters. One thing you guys are not afraid to do is to become really dramatic in, in what is sort of a general or a comedy format half an hour um do you have any of your we were talking at the top of the show about some of your comedy idols or is there any one of those that you can think of that influenced you there uh yeah well obviously i mean you can talk about woody allen because he, he went back and forth between comedy and drama um one of the things i made i made matt watch the movie wings of desire directed by vim vendors oh, which wow. is a very <laughs> heavy heavy <laughs> german drama and then uh this is even heavier and this sounds crazy but um uh the 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 movie scenes from a marriage which is also a a, a long actually multi-part television series by ingmar bergman mm -hmm. oh, yeah. uh, we know that here <laughs> Just the reality, just the reality of of, of, of of those couples talking, and and you know, I actually am I'm directing a drama right now, a film. So I, I'm kind of uh, not off the comedy train, but I, I'm interested in both. So um, yeah, some of those very very serious uh, pretentious art films uh, were kind of in the back of our minds as we made this comedy with some lighter scenes as well. And yeah, and Alan and I have worked on many shows that are like straight, straight joke, straight, straight joke, straight, mm -hmm. straight joke, you know, like, um, and I think we felt like sometimes breaking out of that rhythm, you know, look, you sacrifice, some of those are like the greatest comedies ever made, but when you're trying to tell a little more grounded, relatable, emotional story, 
to keep, you know, throwing a joke in every four lines pulls you out of it sometimes. So we were very mindful of that and tried to, you know, fight that instinct that I think has to some extent been beaten into both of us. Yeah. There, there, so one of the things we like to say in the writer's room is, is, is kind of trying to pull back when something felt too writery or too neat or too buttoned up. Um, I think in a lot of, when you come up in a sitcom writer's room with both, with both, with both of us did, um, for a long time is your instinct is to end a scene with a joke and, you know, start with a, you know, some snappy dialogue and, that's fine, and, and, and you know, so there's some snappy stuff in this show, but um, uh, some of my favorite scenes are the ones that are just mysterious or straight up dramatic, or you know, just we're just you know leaning into the characters, uh, the actors' performances. Um, so yeah, it was fun, and, and it's so so great and liberating for a place like Amazon to let us uh, uh, do that and not force us to make every other line a joke. Right. I want, I want to ask you what you guys are going to do next. But first, I have to ask, did Tom, Tom, Paul Thomas Anderson ever stop by? <laughs> uh, yeah, he did. And uh, nothing like directing an episode of television <laughs> while possibly the greatest living filmmaker is sitting 10 feet behind me. <laughs> <That's laughs> you know, he, he, he is amazing, a super nice guy. And, and uh, it, was, it was really, really great to have him there. He, you know, he was super friendly and, um, you know, yeah, but I was you know, standing on the beach directing his wife and uh, telling her to run faster. <laughs> that, was a lot, that was a lot of that day. So, uh, yeah, we also, this is uh, pretty crazy, but uh, at one point, you know, um, Catherine Keener said, hey, can my friend Charlie come by set? Oh, my God. Uh, and, and, uh, and uh, yeah, so it was Charlie Kaufman and he came and had lunch with us. And so we had possibly the greatest living screenwriter and the greatest living director <laughs> hanging out. So um, it was a high bar. We're not we're not we're not aiming as high as those guys, but uh, hopefully uh, it's a watchable show. <laughs> well, l- luckily, they have the coolest wives around, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think when Charlie Kaufman was there, he came to watch a scene and that was a scene where Maya was singing. This is how we do it. <laughs> yeah. You know, equally good writing. Yeah. Just someone singing uh, Montel Jordan. I think he was like, this show seems fun. Yeah. Well, were you guys like, ooh, let's look at the Maya Rudolph and Paul and how they are together and like their marriage? (laughs) I think he might have done that in Phantom Thread, but I don't know. I don't know how much of that is autobiographical. Let's hope she's not making him any eggs, right? (laughs) No, he was the delight, man. I like, you know, for a guy that talented to just be so chill, it was cool. That's cool. Um, Finally, what do you guys have um, ahead of you, uh, depending on if this becomes a season two or or what, but uh, other projects? Uh, Yeah, well, like I mentioned, I'm directing a movie right now. It's called Tiger Tail. Uh, It's a drama loosely inspired by my family. Um, It takes place in uh, present-day New York City and also 50s, 60s, 70s Taiwan. So we are shooting that as we speak. Um, And, uh, you know, season two of this show potentially next year. Season three of Master of None always remains a possibility. You know, I chat with Aziz sometimes. So um, those are all possible. And I have a show for uh, Apple um, called Little America that we were hoping to, to, to start very soon. So. Oh, that's with Kumail and Emily, right? Yes, Kumail, Emily, Lee, Lee Eisenberg. Um, and so we have a few scripts of that, and, and we are uh, hopefully going to get going on it soon. Wow, you, you have a full plate. And you, Matt? <laughs> I sent in a spec to get a job on the Apple show. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't heard back yet. <laughs> I'm sort of waiting. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I'm doing some stuff uh, with uh, NBC and sort of waiting uh, uh, on this. 
Okay, well that's great, and then you can go and help do the dishes at your your marriage. Exactly. <laughs> this was great. Thank you so much for your time and for your show. I really appreciate it. Thank, Thank you, you, Christina. Thank you so much to Alan Yang and Matt Hubbard. Forever can be seen on Amazon Prime right now. And thank you for listening. We will be back in just a few with that Emmy recap and the creators of Netflix Maniac in part two of this week's Pop Culture Confidential. Hello, and welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo. And for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book. And together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts.